Good evening and welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. Bit like uh, the international break, I'm back after a week away. I hope you didn't miss me too much and didn't miss out the excitement, of course, of an EFL preview on Friday. But, of course, I'm back with three leagues worth of exciting matches, plenty of goals and plenty of controversy. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews as we take a look at the Championship League 1 and League 2. So, without further ado, we actually have plenty of games that took place on Friday night. We'll start with the Championship. Hull City 1, Coventry City 1. Aaron Connolly grabbed a point for Hull with a late equaliser against Coventry. The away side took the lead when Joel Latabadero powered home a near-post header from Josh Eccles' corner. Both sides had chances after the break, but it was Hull who made one count when Connolly nodded in Tyler Morton's cross. The point takes Hull to 5th, while the Sky Blues, who have drawn their past 4, move up to 11th in the early season pre-season table. The draw means both sides are unbeaten in the league since losing on the opening weekend of the campaign. But let's move on to the, let's say, more... What's the word I'm looking for? High profile? Game that took place also on Friday. Southampton 1, Leicester City 4. Jamie Vardy scored after just 21 seconds to send Leicester City up for victory at Southampton that sent them back to the top of the league. Former England international Vardy traded passes with Steffi Mavidi before stunning all at St Mary's with a cool side-footed finish to give the Foxes the ideal start and many Southampton fans the fear that this could be another 9-0 rout. Casey McAteer met a fine Keenan Dewsbury Hall th- uh, through ball to make it two after 18 minutes. And while a defensive error gifted Sam Edozi a Saints response, Wilfred and Didi put Leicester 3-1 up in first half injury time. The excellent Madavidi ran from deep inside his own half to add a fourth with a superb solo goal against a side that beat the Foxes twice last season in a Premier League campaign that ended with both, of course, being relegated. A miserable night for Southampton finished with Kalmaldine Suleimana being shown a straight red card for a clumsy tackle on James Justin in the final moments of the match. On to the Saturday games now, and we will start with Blackburn Rovers 2, Middlesbrough 1. Sammy Schmodix's double strike gave Blackburn a vital win as they marked the 5,000th league game in their history. The midfielder scored in either half to keep Borough anchored to bottom spot with five defeats from six. Matt Crooks gave Borough hope with a goal in an end-to-end game with both times both teams missing a host of chances. Blackburn have become only the seventh English club to play 5,000 league games and move up to eighth. They celebrated by parading a string of past legends on the pitch and EFL chairman Rick Parry presented the club with a commemorative trophy before kick-off. Yondal Thomason's team set about celebrating the moment in style and should have been out of sight by half-time against a Borough side who was struggling defensively. Tyrese Dolan and Dara Lenahan missed sitters either end of the opening 45 minutes, but Smodix found the accuracy that deserted his teammates and opened the scoring when given time to weigh up his shot from outside the box. Borough keeper Senny Dieng denied Rovers a second straight from the restart, but as the visitors sought to hit back, they were caught on the counter, and Schmodix drilled home his second from former glover Ryan Hedges' square pass. That brought a response from Michael Carrick's beleggered team as Crooks backheeled Marcus Force's shot home, and suddenly it was Rovers on their heels. Summer signing Emmanuel Latte Lath missed two great chances for the away side. Ralph Vandenberg contrived to head another opportunity over the bar, and sub Riley McGree fired inches too high. Blackburn also had their moments to seal the win, notably when Dieng superbly denied Sammy Schmodix. Bristol City nil, West Bromwich Albion nil. Bristol City are still without a home win in the Championship after an even game against West Brom failed to produce a goal at Ashton Gate. The home side were the better team in the first half, with Mark Sykes hitting a post and Sam Bell the side netting. Albion, without a win on the road in five matches now, were much improved after the break and went close through Jed Wallace and John Swift before a late penalty appeal was waved away when Josh Mazur was went down in the box. 
the Robins had the best chance to win it through uh, only for Alex Palmer to save brilliantly from former glover Harry Cornick in the closing stages to secure Albion's first clean sheet of the season. Huddersfield Town 2, Rotherham United, nil. Wide men Josh Caroma and Sorba Thomas provided each other with goals to give the Terriers two wins on the trot. Huddersfield followed up last week's win at West Brom with a victory that leaves Rotherham with one win from six. Defeat means the Millers, who flirted with relegation last season, are without an away win in 16 games. Both sides registered their first wins of the season last time out, with Rotherham shocking promotion hopefuls Norwich. The odds favoured the Terriers, however, as Rotherham went into the game having won just one and drawn two of their previous 17 league visits to the John Smith Stadium. It took Huddersfield just 18 minutes to rub salt in that wound as Cohen Bramall slipped in and went down injured with Thomas racing away with the ball. With Rotherham players appealing for the game to be stopped, Thomas carried on and when his first cross was blocked, he picked out Karoma at the far post for a simple finish. The two players who scored the goals against Norwich a fortnight ago combined as the Millers sought to strike back, Dexker, Lemimbiska, crossing for Jordan Hugill to head over. It always looked as though Huddersfield would add to their tally, however, as former Rotherham man Ben Wiles had a shot deflected wide after good work by the influential Mainz loney Delano Bergzorg. Lee Nichols kept Town's noses in front shortly in the second half, a brilliantly clawing away Fred Onyedema's powerful header, and then Bergzorg had one attempt superbly blocked by Oliver Rathbone, and then squandered another. Neil Warnock sealed aside, sealed it with just 20 minutes to go, with the two wide players reversing their roles. Karoma crossing to the far post for Thomas to net. We will have our first interview of the night, and if some speculation is to be believed, this could be in fact the last time we hear from Neil Warnock as Huddersfield Town manager. Gaffer, back-to-back wins, a first win at home of the season in the league. That must be a good feeling for you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, we, I knew that we had, you know, we have to work so physically hard against the Rotherham team that, you know, like you saw the last result they had against Norwich. So, but we worked hard like that. We created numerous opportunities. I'm disappointed we didn't make it a little bit easier, but uh, you know, we never seemed to make it easier for ourselves. But all credit to the boys. I thought they were super today. The goals were very good. We missed some real good chances, and I think it was an entertaining game for the fans and. They got behind us. I mean, the fans have been brilliant while I've been here, and I, I can't thank them enough, mate. We just had um, Josh Caroma and Sarba Thomas in here as well. They scored and assisted for each other. Uh, they were bouncing off the walls. I think they kind of showed that the mood that's in there. The we, had a, got. we had a round of applause from in the dressing room. I said, when is the first time you've ever seen Sarba Thomas in, uh, in the far post <laughs> or Josh Caroma to score a goal? Must be the first time since I've been here. I've been screaming at him for six months. Get in the back post and you've got tappings. But uh, it was nice to see today. I decided to change and put them two in, uh, which wasn't an e easy decision after West Brom because we played really well at West Brom. But uh, I'm pleased for I'm, I said to Josh he'd score his first goal today and he, he's up and running now. I think Delano Bergog as well, he was full of confidence after that, that goal at West Brom. He caused all sorts of problems. A few times he just couldn't get the ball out of his feet or it didn't bounce in the right place for him, but he looks like he could be a real handful. Though. Yeah, he, uh, he come across and said to Ron, don't take me off, please. I said, Ron, tell him to uh, have a walk. <laughs> um, no, I think he just you know wants to play and he's done well. He's just got to learn that there's certain parts of the pitch he can't do what he wants to do, you know, because you give it away in, in certain areas, it puts us in trouble. And But he's learning all the time, and he's got something that we haven't got. He's got that confidence around the box, so I'm delighted with him. Is it a first start for Keane today as well, with Wardy feeling something in his Achilles in training. Yeah. How pleased were you with him? I thought he was super today. I mean, he's kicking himself, really. He should have he should have had a headed goal, and then he should have put the crossing in the first half. Um, but that's Keane, you know, he's he worked his socks off today, and we needed that against the Rotherham side. Because I know what they're what they like to play against. So I think when you've got a Del, you know, I call him Del Boy. When you've got a Del <laughs> playing for you, you need a, a Wardy and a, or a Kean alongside him, you know, grafting away. And and uh, I think it's a good balance. And Carl Hudlin got his first Championship game today uh, of his career. That's a, another nice milestone for him. Yeah, it was nice, nice to put them on. They've done really well for me pre-season. Um, and I think that was that was uh, Kean's debut as well for a first start. Yes. In. So I'm, I'm, I'm delighted for that because they, they both deserve it. They work really hard. Perfect. Gaffer, thank you very much. For your thank time. you. So, of course, we aren't too sure whether we will hear from Neil Warnock again after many issues are potentially falling out with the current chairman. Only time will tell. 
Norwich City 1, Stoke City 0. Norwich continued their impressive start to the season with a deserved victory over Stoke. Jack Stacey's first goal in three years gave the Canaries the lead just before the break, as he slotted home from close range following slack defending. Norwich could have been further ahead at half-time, but stokekeeper Mark Travers kept out efforts from Christian Fasnacht, Adam Ida and Jonathan Rowe. The visitors grew into the game in the second half, but rarely tested Norwich keeper Angus Gunn, while Stacey made a crucial block from Siad Hakasamhanovic's shot. Gunn was finally called into action in the 85th minute when he saved well from Wutterberger, Stoke's only notable effort on target, and substitute Dwight Gale missed from a few, ti- few yards out with virtually the last kick of the game. The Potters have now lost three league matches in a row, failing to score in any of them, while Norwich are the division's leading scorers with 15 goals and climb to fourth. Preston North End 2, Plymouth Argyle 1. Preston returned to the top of the championship as they beat manager Ryan Lowe's former side Plymouth Argyle 2-1 at Deepdale. Duane Holmes gave the hosts a dream start as he converted debutant Liam Miller's cross after just 45 seconds. Canadian international Miller then doubled the lead with a precision effort into the bottom corner after Argyle had lost possession in midfield. Ryan Hardy pulled a goal back following a good flowing move after an hour before Preston's Brad Potts hit the post ten minutes later. The win sees the Lily Whites re-establish their one-point lead at the top of the league while the newly promoted Pilgrims drop to 13th place. Queen's Park Rangers won Sunderland 3. Sunderland came from a goal down to win 3-1 at 10-man QPR. Kenneth Parle gave the R's a fine start as he blasted in low from distance after Sunderland failed to deal with a throw from the hosts. Rangers had former Sunderland midfielder Jack Colback sent off midway through the first half and the Black Cats levelled in stoppage time as Jack Clark's effort deflected in off Steve Cook. The extra man eventually told as Dan Ballard tapped in from close range after his initial shot had been saved from Abdullah Bar, completing the win with a fine strike. The win lifts Sunderland up to 7th after 6 matches, while QPR drop to 19th. Sheffield Wednesday 0, Ipswich Town 1. Ipswich remain among the championship paysetters after seeing off Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough. Connor Chaplin stroked home from Leif Davis's pullback just before half-time to seal the points, and Owls keeper Devis Vasquez was the only reason the visitors did not win by more. Ipswich remain perfect on their travels and are third, just a point behind leaders Preston. Wednesday stay winless with a single point from their opening six games. Watford 2, Birmingham City 0. Birmingham City's unbeaten start to the championship season came to an end as two stoppage time goals from Mileta Radjevic and Ryan Andrews gave Watford their first win since the opening day. Informed Dane Radjevic, who scored twice on his full debut in their three-all draw against Coventry just before the international break, thumped his effort beyond John Ruddy in the 91st minute to put the Hornets in front. Andrews, who was making his debut, then pounced to fire in his first Watford goal six minutes later to punish a tiring blue side who had Lee Buchanan sent off for a second booking late on. Birmingham's own in-form striker, Jay Stansfield, had Blue's best moments, forcing a smart save from Daniel Buckman after 45 seconds and then hitting the post with a fine effort in the second half. Scott Hogan was also denied twice within seconds by Buckman as John Eustace's side were left ruining the chances that slipped away. With that in mind, we will listen to John Eustace now. Gaffer, a cruel ending to the game to lose it in added time. How tough a one to take is that? Yeah, I'm really disappointed we've lost the game. Obviously, you know, I thought we were very good throughout the, the 90 minutes. Obviously, going down to 10 men has cost us, but the the application, the attitude, the desire that the boys showed against, you know, probably one of the best squads in the league uh, was very, very good and very pleasing. You know, um, to limit them with hardly any shots on our, our goal and frustrate them and still have three or four real good chances ourselves was, was good. Yeah, of course, nobody wants to lose a game of football, but how do you, you stand here with a sense of pride, as you say, with just how much effort the players have put in today? I'm very proud of the, the, the effort they've put in every week. You know, this group of players um, have been fantastic since uh, you know, they've all come in. They're, they're, they're growing together as a team, as a squad, and you can see that they're putting their bodies on the line today. You know, again, we've come to a, a big, big club. A big team in this league who have got, you know, loads of Premier League quality, lots of big money um, 
players as well, and, and we've limited them to nothing, you know, which is really pleasing, and, and it shows we're on the right on the right road, and we keep doing the right things. And you know, as I say, you know, I think if we keep eleven players on the pitch there, we don't lose the game. Mm. If you had to be picky, what would you like to have seen more of? Just that last couple of minutes, just to, to you know stop the cross to to win the header in the box, you know. Uh, all the, the basics that we're very good at, you know, there's no feeling sorry for ourselves. We're we're fighters, we're not victims. So when we go down to ten men, I expect us to to, to defend properly for that last five or six minutes, which we didn't, and um, you know that that's disappointing. Because up until that point, up until added time, they dealt with everything that Watford threw us. We did, and we limit, as I say, we've limited a very very good squad of players to, to nothing, and um, you know that's the most pleasing thing for us. We have to improve going forward. We know that, and we have to be more clinical and take our chances. But we're getting chances. We're being hard to play against, and I think that's good progress. What was your view on Lee Buchanan's red card? Uh, yeah, I think I think the inconsistency throughout the game really. There was lots of cheap fouls which they weren't really punished um, with. You know, I, I, I can see a, a double yellow possibly for Lee there, but I think there's a lot of other fouls that got people got away with in the game, which is frustrating. But listen, that's football. You know, we have to get on with it. We're going to miss Lee now for a game or so, I think. And, you know, he's going to be a big miss for us because he's been sensational for us. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know that when you come here, Watford are going to have the majority of the ball. What was the approach going into today's game? Yeah, to, to, to be solid, to be hard to play against, to put pressure on at the right times, which I think we did, to win the pit, ball high up the pitch at the right times, which I think we did. And we're always going to be threats on the turnover for Oli Burke's um, debut today was, was very good. You can see what he's going to bring to the team. We have lots of pace going forward as well. So, yeah, it's pleasing. Yeah, and when you look at the chances, we've had them from the off. Jay Stansfield with the very first attack. He's hit the post in the second half. Scott Hogan's forced a double save. We're creating up there. We are, and we've got to just keep believing in what we're doing, keep believing in the process. You know, it's, um, it's a long process you know it's not going to be you know it's not going to be uh, perfect after six seven eight games you know this is over the course of a, a season we're building a proper squad now and you know everyone's going to be um, used in the right way and and hopefully we can keep building and, and keep doing well yeah despite that Watford spell in the second half we've got a group of players particularly across that back line who show they can they can sustain that pressure they can deal with it of course we have yeah and, uh, and, they, and they've been like that all season up to now you know, it's it's a collective. It's from Scotty Hogan at the top to to John Woody in the goal. You know, it's it's about the team, about the squad, and you know we're we're, we're heading in the right direction. Over 2,000 supporters have made the trip here again. They got behind you when they needed you, particularly late on, and you could hear at the end what they thought of that performance. Yeah, definitely, and that's what we want. You know, we want to excite the, the fans, and most importantly, we want to make them proud of, of watching us and, and supporting the club. You know, the club are doing really well off the field now, you know, with fantastic owners and the right investment, and, um, you know, it's important that we keep being competitive and coming to big places like this and showing everyone how much of a good team we are. Sure, we certainly won't feel sorry for ourselves. Quick turnaround, lick our wounds, and on to Preston we go. Absolutely, yeah, another tough test on Tuesday, but the squad will be used. You know, they're, they're on a good run themselves now, so um, we'll go there full of confidence and not let today affect us. Thanks, Gaffer. Thank now, on to the big Saturday night game. Cardiff City 2, Swansea City 0. Cardiff halted Swansea's run of four successive South Wales derby wins and claimed their first since 2021, as Ollie Tanner came on to change the course of the match with an inspired substitute appearance. Despite a frenzied atmosphere at the Cardiff City Stadium, a stead first half produced only one shot on target for the home side's Yaku Maita. Cardiff were much the better team as the game came to life after the break, and after Maita was twice denied by Swansea keeper Carl Rushworth, they finally got their reward when winger Tanner came on and seconds later cut inside onto his left foot before rifling a ferocious shot into the far corner. The player signed from non-league Lewis last year then earned a penalty as he dragged down by Swansea signing Christian Pedersen and Welsh captain Aaron Ramsey applied a nonchalant finishing touch as he sent Rushworth the wrong way with his spot kick. While the Bluebirds rejoiced in only their fourth derby victory in 12 attempts and their first at home for a decade, a fourth defeat from six leaves Swansea in the championship's bottom three as head coach Michael Duff still searches for his first league win. Although this was the 69th league pit meeting between the teams, it was not until the 21-22 season that either team had managed to do the double, with Swansea repeating the trick the following campaign. During that period, under previous head coach Russell Martin, the Swans regularly outplayed their relegation-threatened rivals. But, with Cardiff starting the season more promisingly under Errol Bullitt than Swansea had under their new boss Duff, there was more of a sense before this match that the tide could be about to turn, and they were absolutely right. 
With that in mind, let's listen to Swansea City boss Michael Duff. Michael, uh, last time we spoke was after the Bristol City game. That was disappointing for obvious reasons. Where did this one go wrong for you? I thought it was the opposite to the Bristol City game in terms of, I thought it was a quality that let us down. I think uh, I didn't think it was anything, anything in the first half. I thought it was a look to cagey game. Um, I don't know what the stats are, but I'd imagine there wasn't a lot in it. Uh, and then in the second half, every time we passed the ball forward, we turned it over. So we were up when we passed it backwards and sideways. Um, and it becomes difficult then because it's hard to sustain attacks, it's hard to build any momentum because we keep turning the ball over. Then ultimately the subs come on, a little bit of magic. The first goal is always going to be really important in these types of games, um, and it proves so. You mentioned that quality. We've come to expect Swansea to dominate this fixture in particular. What can you put that down to, that, that lack of quality and maybe that, that lack of composure on the ball? Well, that's, that's the frustration today because I thought, I thought they had a go. I thought they fought. I thought they ran. Um, and the... the the profile of the players that we've got in the building are, you would describe them as good footballers. And ultimately, it's the the the, the lack of quality cost us the game today. Um, I can't, you know, I faulted them last, the last time we got beat because there was not enough intensity, not enough um, running energy. That that was there today, but it was um, it was a lack of quality that let us down. It clearly hurts for you, the players, and the supporters at the final whistle. It seemed like the supporters were venting some of their anger as well. That must be... Quite hurtful for you, just with your professional pride. It's part of the job. No one, like, I don't get beat. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not stupid. You know, I'm not naive to know that there'll be a, you know, I'm sure there'll be a event at me today. Um, but I've been here before, so this is when you see the true characters at the football club, the, the ones that stick together, the ones that don't blame everyone else, the don't want, the ones that don't whisper in the corridor. Because I've been here before, there's been a big, a lot of change at the football club, and that's not me hiding behind it. We've had three debuts today. Christian looked tired at the end. You can see that from the penalty. Um, we've had, you know, Olivier refusing to play the night before the first game. We've had the Joel Pro situation going on. We've had the Woody situation. Joe Allen's in the team today, and then he gets injured in the warm-up. So it feels like backs, to, backs against the wall. But this is when, this is when you see the the true characters. Like I said, it's it's. Lots of staff have left, lots of players have come in, um, new coaching staff. So just stick to what I believe in, stick to my values. I won't come off script in terms of that. Um, we're trying to change the way they play because last year was an extreme um, in terms of the, the, the way that they wanted to play. I don't think this is the first time they've been on a difficult run because I think we went through this last year when I wasn't in the building. So it's, it's sticking to task. I guess you ideally know got a game on Tuesday to get that out of your system how beneficial could that be for you? Well, we, there's no game. Well, we need to win a game. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and try and pull the wool over people's eyes and think you're not under pressure and all that sort of stuff. Of course you are, you're under pressure because it's a winning business. So I can have, I've got all the excuses in the world, but I don't want to make excuses. It's the facts are, we need to win a game. We looked low, low on confidence and it looked like at 2-0 we started passing the ball again because there's no pressure. So it's having that belief. Um, and, and like I said, sticking to task. Tap. Are you confident you can get your principles across then, your values across, Michael? What's been a very sticky start? Well, yeah. I've, I've been here before. You know, I've, 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 done, at the two, I've only had two clubs as a manager, but I've been through rocky, rocky patches at the start of it because it takes a bit of time to, to implement it. And like I said, we are coming from an extreme. Um, so it's, it's embedding what you think's important. And like I said, today was different to the Bristol City game because I thought the application and the attitude were good. It was just quality, which is, that's the frustration because I think the one thing that we do have in the building are good footballers. I don't think anyone would doubt that, but you didn't manage a shot on goal until the 90th minute. I mean, how do you sort of explain that? I've just said, we lack quality when we pass the ball forward. You can't sustain attacks. You can't build momentum if every time you pass the ball forward, you give it away. Um, and ultimately, that's why we didn't get any threat on their goal because of that, you know, it didn't stick up front in the first half. That's why we changed the two forwards. And then after that, every time we passed it forward, we turned it over. Michael, I saw you went to the referee straight after the final whistle. What was, what was that conversation about? Went to shake his hand. Um, it looked like you could have had a penalty in the first half. I was wondering. No, no. Uh, I, 
shut their manager's hand and shut the referee's hand. I'll do that every week. I'll go and clap the fans. You take a little bit of heat, quite rightly. That's that's the job that I'm in. Um, but no, there was um, there was no blaming the referee or anything like that. I think we we let, we lost the game say through our lack of quality. You took about Style, I guess you're talking about last season. Did that go to the top after the table? Are you convinced your style will eventually get the team to rise to that sort of level at least? Uh, well, I finished in the top four three times out of the last four. And the one time I didn't, I, um, the one time I didn't, it was the highest finish the club have ever finished in 134 years. So I believe in what I do. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not here to talk about other people and and other teams and things like that. I believe in the way that I want it to look, um, and whether you get the time on, whether you don't, I'll just keep working because that's the what that's what I believe in. I wasn't a very good footballer, but I did okay because I had a good attitude and a good mentality, and I worked hard. Nothing's changed. I've still got the same mentality. Still got the same same belief in what I do. Um, so yeah, it's 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 tough. If, like I said, it feels like your back's against the wall at the minute and everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. But this is when you see the true characters. A slightly concerned Swansea boss, if I do say so myself. And finally, one more game in the Championship, and this took place on Sunday. Millwall nil, Leeds United 3. Joel Peroy's double helped Leeds United to a 3-0 victory at Millwall as the Whites registered their second win of the Championship season. The Dutch striker rounded off a slick counter-attack to open the scoring in the 15th minute, finishing low across Lions keeper Bartosz Bielikowski and into the bottom right-hand corner. The host claimed a foul on Kevin Nisbet in the build-up before Giorginio's Rutters swept upfield and exchanged passes with Wilfred Nonto before feeding Peroy into the box. Leeds had their second with 13 minutes left when Perot tapped in from close range after Dan James stumbled in attempting to convert Rutter's cutback and the latter finishing emphatically from 15 yards to wrap it up late on. With influential midfielder Zion Fleming dropped to the bench, Millwall offered very little in reply, although Ryan Longman and Tom Bradshaw tested visiting keeper Elian Melier either side of half-time when the score was 1-0. Leeds move up to 10th in the Championship, two points off the playoffs, after winning at the Den for the first time since 2012, while Millwall are 18th following a third defeat in five league outings. Now, we will listen to Leeds United boss Daniel Fark. Yes, yeah, special day because I know how tough it is um, here at the difficult away ground, uh, the Den, I think. Uh, we as a club have also waited such a long time in order to be here with three points and I think there's no doubt that uh, this performance today was uh, yeah, amazing and well-deserved three points because we looked rock solid uh, in terms of defending in the periods uh, during the game when you have to suffer and you dig in and you have to show some steel because you can't avoid all these long balls and long throw-ins and sometimes a corner kick out of this and then you have to I uh, defend Cooper, who is three meter tall, and it was unbelievable difficult. And we tried everything in this moments and were there and, and showed steel and resilience. But in the moment when you can let your quality shine, you have to be there. You have to be clinical and scored fantastic team goals mm -hmm. and overall really, really good performance. Otherwise, you can't win three points yet. Then. And from the first minute of this game, you knew what the challenge was going to be. Literally inside 60 seconds, you were defending a corner, weren't you? Agreed. Long ball. We have to defend it. Then the corner comes in. We have to defend it out of the three. Uh, throw-ins, you have to defend it, so there are the spirits, it's always the same when you travel here to Millwall, so if you don't show the steel and, and also the willing to put your body on the line and to block everything and even the offensive players, they have to play their part and to go for second balls and you have no chance and you go anyhow because then they overrun you, but in this moment you have to be there, you have to be um, rock solid and show steel and don't, uh, don't get annoyed and don't lose your nerves and wait for the moment when you can shine and that's what we did today and overall a well-deserved win. You've got Ruter and uh, Piro both on the score sheet today. Are you seeing what you want to see in terms of the way that they're working together now uh, um, in, up front? Yes, the relationship was uh, was pretty good today. I got the feeling in the last home game, Joel was other uh, than we planned, a bit too deep in his, uh, in his positioning. And I want them also to be a bit more flexible with changing the positions, also with our wingers, with Gnonto and uh, Somerville today and later on with uh, with Anthony and James. I think we were more fluent, uh, fluent today. Um, They've played 
together really well, especially offensive-wise, also at Ipswich. And at the moment, so the way games are quite quite good. I like it. But there are still many areas where we can improve. I think sometimes to have a feeling for balance, to calm the game a bit more down, to be even a bit more tidy and precise in passing. I think there are still areas where we need need to improve and have to improve. But um, it's the beginning of the season. It was a tough, tough pre-season, tough first few weeks. And for that, also the international break was not the easiest one because we had the whole group together just on Thursday, on Friday, the first time that we trained all together. So for that, I'm pleased with the outcome today, And uh, but we won't stop working. That's definitely for sure. So you look ahead because this league is like this. You go and now it's focused on Hull straight away, isn't it, presumably? Yes, we can't uh, allow us to uh, to celebrate uh, too long. and. This, uh, this league is relentless. Uh, before the game, everyone speaks about, OK, there's a bit of pressure to pick up some points. Right now we are there. Four games unbeaten, back-to-back clean sheet, seven points out of the last three games. Feels a bit like team of the moment, but um, you, you don't have to concentrate too much on this topic. So concentrate on what you can influence, your performances, to grind out performances, to, to dig in, to grind out results. And we have to recover unbelievably smart right now because yeah, it feels also a bit strange, our opponent played on Friday evening, we have right now away game Sunday, will be pretty late at home uh, today, have to travel again and they have another home game but like I always uh, speak, say, so don't uh, complain about the things you can't influence we have to concentrate right now in order to recover pretty quick, in order to grind out such a performance as well at home So, what has that done to the championship table? Well, we have a new, well, not a new leader, a same leader as we have before. In top of the table, 16 points out of a possible 18 from six games played, which is seriously impressive, sit Preston North End. Two teams very, very close on the end of their heels, with 15 points in second and third, are Leicester City and Ipswich Town. Norwich sitting fourth on 13, two teams on 11 points in the form of Hull and Birmingham. At the wrong end of the table, some teams still looking for their first win. Middlesbrough sit bottom of the table with one point and a minus nine goal difference after six games. Highly concerning for the teams that were in the playoff semi-finals last season. And Sheffield Wednesday also on one point, but with a goal difference of minus six. Swansea also in the relegation zone with two points from a possible 18. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. So, Championship all done and dusted, let's move on to League One. And we'll start with Barnsley 2, Burton Albion 0. Barnsley made it three league wins in a row with a 2-0 victory against struggling Burton, courtesy of two goals from top scorer Devante Cole. Neil Collins's side broke the deadlock in the 21st minute when Liam Roberts fizzed in a ball into John McAtee, who knocked it behind for Curl at Cole to Curl home. There we go. Burton had to wait 42 minutes for their first chance on of the game after a defensive mix-up. Thomas Hamer had space to shoot inside the box, but Roberts dived to make the save. Barnsley came close to doubling their lead in the 54th minute, McAtee passing to Nicky Caden on the left, who pulled back for Herbie Kane, but his effort was blocked. Purton had the opportunity to pull one back ten minutes later when Burrell Lubalala found Mark Helm inside the box, but his low strike was blocked well by Jamie McCart. The Tykes grabbed their second in the 68th minute. Adam Phillips snuck a ball through to substitute Corey O'Keefe on the right, who swept in a low ball for Cole to slot home. Derby County won. Portsmouth one. Portsmouth persevered in their unbeaten, uh, preserved their unbeaten start, should we say, to the season as Colby Bishop's stoppage time goal earned them a one-all draw at Derby. James Collins's 86th minute penalty looked to have won it, but Bishop flicked in across to stun Pride Park in the fifth minute of time added on. Exeter City 1, Cheltenham Town 0. Caleb Watts marked his debut with the only goal of the game as Exeter secured victory against Cheltenham. Exeter started well and created a plethora of first-half chances but failed to convert them. 
Ryan Trevitt fired straight at Luke Southwood from distance, while Reese Cole's dipping shot from 30 yards, third effort, just past the far post. Cheltenham barely threatened in the first half, but from former Grecian Liam Serkham's free kick, Rob Street skied over the bar from close range just before half-time. It was much the same after the break, with Zach Jules firing tamely at Southwood from 20 yards. Although Exeter goalkeeper Vinny Silisalo made a terrific double save to deny Jovan Malcolm. Southwood then batter, uh, battered that with a double save of his own to deny Trevitt and Mitchell, before Sonny Cox headed a third attempt against the bar. Exeter's incessant pressure eventually told in the 68th minute, when Alex Hartridge's cross found Trevitt, whose initial shot was blocked, but whose kind, fell kindly for substitute Watts, who slammed in from at an angle on his debut. James Scott had a goal ruled out for offside for Exeter, while Chetnam barely threatened. Uh, Cheltenham barely threatened, there we go, and are still seeking their first league goal of the season. Fleetwood Town nil, Oxford United 3. Former Glover favourite Lee Johnson's first game in charge of Fleetwood ended in disappointment after his misfiring side slipped to a frustrating 3-0 home loss to Oxford. The struggling Cod Army crashed to a miserable sixth successive league defeat as Johnson's reign started in forgettable fashion. Goals from Stanley Mills, Billy Bowden and Carl Edwards did the damage for the visitors as they dominated at Highbury to register their fifth win in their last five League One outings. Lincoln City won, Carlisle United won. Summer signing Ethan Hamilton's first goal at Sinsel Bank rescued a draw for Lincoln against newly promoted Carlisle. His long-range strike denied Paul Simpson's recently promoted side a first away win in League One since February 2014. They hit the front after 19 minutes as Crystal Palace Loney Luke Plange opened his account for the club as he flicked home Owen Moxon's drill-free kick. Former Republic of Ireland international Sean Maguire saw huge shouts for a penalty waved away on the stroke of half-time as the Cumbrians pushed for a second. Lasse Sorensen squandered a great chance for the host when he nodded over at the back post in first half stoppage time. Lincoln equalised five minutes after the interval thanks to Hamilton's stunning strike. Peterborough United 1, Lake Norient 1. Peterborough and Lake Norient traded first half goals as they played out a one-all draw. Hector Kiprianu gave the hosts Peterborough the lead in the 21st minute, but Omar Beckles levelled for Orient 13 minutes later. The point was enough to see Posh end a three-match losing run in the league. Port Vale 1, Northampton Town 0. Substitute Ben Garrity scored an 84th minute winner as Port Vale beat Northampton 1-0 to extend the unbeaten run in all competitions to nine games. Garrity had only been on the field nine minutes when he cracked a low right-footed shot from 20 yards for his third goal of the season. Until his breakthrough, Andy Crosby's in-form side had enjoyed a frustrating afternoon against John Brady's stubborn cobblers. Despite conceding the majority of possession to the home side and creating few shots, Northampton almost most took the lead against the run of play. Patrick Bruff beat the offside trap and crossed for former glover Sam Hoskins, but Northampton's usually reliable marksman fired over the crossbar from eight yards. Port Vale, whose latest success moved them into the top two, started lively. Ethan Chislett had one effort turned away by Lee Burge through Kieran Bovey, retaliated for Northampton with an effort stopped by Connor Ripley. Boss Brady introduced three substitutes at half-time, but it was Crosby's shuffling of his own pack that paid dividends with Garrity's match winner. Somewhat of a shock now, Reading 2. Bolton Wanderers won. Crisis club Reading snatched a valuable victory with two late goals and a 2-1 win over Bolton. The Trotters went in front in the 20th minute when leading marksman Dion Charles slotted home his sixth goal of the season. But Reading levelled through Charlie Savage 13 minutes from the end and secured the win courtesy of Caelan Vickers in the 86th minute. To compound Bolton's woes, defendant Johan Toll was sent off in the fourth minute stoppage time for a second yellow card. Shrewsbury Town nil, Bristol Rovers 2. Bristol Rovers secured only their second league win of the season with victory at Shrewsbury. The Shrews came close to opening the scoring on the half-hour mark when Max Mata flicked the ball onto Daniel Udo. The Salop forward held off his marker before getting a shot off, but it was deflected for a corner. 
Shrewsbury substitutes Kieran Phillips and Tom Bayliss almost made an immediate impact with 20 minutes remaining. Phillips got behind the Rovers' defence and drove into the box before laying the ball off to Bayliss, whose shot was deflected for a corner. The corner reached the back post where Che Dunkley was lurking. The defender looked to be bundled to the floor by John Marquis, but referee Tom Reeves waved away appeals. Bristol Rovers opened in the scoring in the 73rd minute when Aaron Collins received the ball out wide and drilled in a low cross to Marquis, who tapped home from close range at the near post. The away side sealed the three points when Collins bundled the ball over the line at the death. We'll have another interview now and let's listen to Bristol Rovers boss Joey Barton. So Joe, how, how big of a win is that? I, I just think in, in terms of the, the progression of the team, I thought it was, you know, a real professional performance. You know, Shrewsbury are a good side, you know, they test you, certainly from the, the physical side of it, and we, and we had to, you know, defend our box and defend our goal properly. Um, but you always felt, you know, once we clicked on the attacking side, we could cause them problems. And, you know, when you've got um, some of the, some of the, um, you know, the kind of lads who've been used to starting on the bench, as soon as they tired, we were able to make that change, and it's it's Giovanni's pass to Aaron that unlocks the back door, and, and then it's, it's you know it's a hell of a ball in from us. And John's still got a bit bit of work to do, but so so pleased for John to get that goal. It, you know it's hard work and all the Clark Harris noise, and you know everyone's forgot about John really. You know he still scored 22 goals in, in this division. I still class him as a you know a, a huge number nine. You know lots of teams in, at our level would 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 kill to have Johnny in the team. Um, and I'm delighted for him. His attitude's been superb. It can't have been easy when we're when we're linked with kind of other players. Um, but he just kept working hard. He didn't sulk or moan. And, and I'm, I'm buzzing for him. He was unlucky not to score in the cup on on Tuesday a couple of times. And, and thankfully he's he's got that goal today. And uh, absolutely delighted for him and delighted for the team. As you said, a fantastic first goal. How much credit are you taking for the substitution of Giovanni? No, I mean, look, it's it's. It, it, it's a squad and a group effort. Look, we, we, you know, sometimes they go for you as a manager. Sometimes, you know, they go against you. But it, it's always over to the players. And you know, JB didn't get you know his, his head that down too much because I think all the lads here know we've got a, a strong squad and there's going to be you know lots of rotations because you know if we're going to be successful this season in a, in a 46 game uh, league campaign, you know, it's, it's unrealistic to think there's just going to be 11 lads who play every minute of every game. Um, and there's a couple of lads there, Harvey Vale, you know, Tristan Kramer, who were really unfortunate, you know, based on performance, not to be in the team. But again, we've got more than 11 good players, and we've just got to keep fostering our teamship, our squad um, uh, culture. And, and if we do, we, we, we've got a chance of, of having a great time here at, at Bristol Rovers. Is the squad depth going to be a difference this season? I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not we're not picking kids anymore. With, you know, with the greatest respect, you know, there's no there's no. Um, kind of four, five, six lads who are learning on the job as, as we had at times last year. And that's great for the long-term development, but but in terms of, you know, this league, it, 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 it's a very mature league in terms of, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot more physicality here than, than maybe you get a little bit further up the pyramid. And, and, and again, you know, if it's boys against men, the physical aspect of it, you know, they just have a huge advantage. So for us, you know, it was a great learning experience last year. I think it'll do the, the young lads a, a hell of a lot of good for the, for the remainder of their career. But as, as we felt in the summer, we had to um, add a bit of experience to the group. And when you come and perform and play in a professional manner like today, you can see that nous and that experience uh, in the team today. A second away win. How important are the travelling fans? Massive. I mean, you know, they've, they've taken majority of that end again today. Um, you know, I know it's not easy, certainly with the cost of everything at the minute, to, to, to get off the, uh, the couch on a Saturday afternoon and, and, and come and, you know, spend your hard-earned wages to support the team. And we're, we're in, you know forever grateful for that incredible support we get and I'm buzzing to send them back down that back down, down the motorway and, and hopefully for the rest of the weekend they can have a little bit of a skip in the step because um, you know there's, there's nothing that, um, that that replicates that winning feeling on a, on a, on a Saturday. Stevenage 1, Charlton Athletic 1. Corey Blackett-Taylor's stoppage time penalty earned Charlton a point at Stevenage. The home side came into the game top of the league, the highest position in their history, and Julie took the lead in the first half through the inform Jamie Reid. But the hosts could not hold on for three points, as New Addicts boss Michael Appleton won his first point in charge, thanks to Blackett-Taylor's late spot kick. 
Wigan Athletic 2, Cambridge United 1. Wigan got back to winning ways after back-to-back defeats, and deserved victory against League One High Flyers Cambridge at the DW Stadium. Top scorer Charlie White looked well offside, uh, hit a post in the opening exchanges after being played in by Thilo Asgard. White was then denied by a good save by Will Mannion with his foot, with the goalkeeper then helping the ball over the top after it looped back goalwards via an unfortunate deflection off a defender. At the other end, a rare break from Cambridge saw Sully Kakai's 30-yard shot tipped over the, uh, by around the post sorry, by everyone's favourite goalkeeper, Sam Tickle. Cambridge skipper Michael Morrison nodded inches beyond the far post just before half-time, and Wigan then took full control. Stephen Humphreys cut in off the right into his left foot and curled a superb effort into the far corner of the net 12 minutes after the restart. It was 2-0 five minutes later when Marshall Gordo teed up Asgard, who slammed the ball home off the underside of the crossbar. Cambridge pulled one back 14 minutes from time when Callum McManaman fell James Brophy in the box and Feji Okunabiri sent Tickle the wrong way from 12 yards. And finally, Wickham Wanderers 2, Blackpool 2. Nil. Sam Voak struck his first goal of the season as Wickham made it five games unbeaten in the league with a 2-0 victory over Blackpool. The chairboys move themselves up to seventh in the table as their impressive response to opening their league campaign with a pair of 3-0 losses continued. Wickham took the lead in the 13th minute when Vokes met a terrific cross from Kane Vincent Young and although his header was brilliantly saved by Daniel Grimshaw, he was on hand to knock in the rebound. The chairboys were in controlling proceedings and went 2-0 up in the first minute of the second half as Brandon Hanlon cushioned a volley past Grimshaw at the post from Gareth Cleary's cross. Blackpool pushed for a way back into the game in the closing stages and Max Stierjack was required to produce a very good save to push away Ollie Casey's flick. Seven minutes from time, Stierjack once again denied the Seasiders as he aesthetically pushed away Sonny Carey's half-volley from just outside the area. So, what has that done to the League One table? Well, we have a new leader, and that is in the form of 16 points from 8 games, Exeter City. Six, uh, second place are Sport Vale, with also on 16 points, although mildly impressive to be doing it with a minus 2 goal difference and with a game in hand. Uh, two teams on 15 points in 3rd and 4th. Oxford United are only there because they've played one game less than 4th placed Stevenage. Fifth is it Barnsley on 13 points, alongside Portsmouth, Bolson and Wickham, all on the same amount of points. At the wrong end of the table, two teams on one point apiece. They are Fleetwood Town in 24th and Cheltenham in 23rd. Burton also struggling with only two points picked up from their first seven. Reading sit in 21st with five points, alongside Wigan. So before we move very quickly on to League Two, we just want to spend a very quick moment just highlighting all the wonderful podcasts that are available here on Three Valleys Radio. Of course, you already listened to the wonders of the EFL preview and review, but make sure that you go to threevalleysradio.com, click the podcast button if you want to hear from any of the other amazing programmes available on the show. Sometimes I make an appearance on things like Football Bloody Hell, but there's also some fantastic programmes on music, on racing, on cricket, and much, much more. I sincerely hope you enjoy all of the others, as well, of course, as enjoying the wonderful content that you expect every Every single week from yours truly. So let's move on to League Two and we'll start with the Friday night game. Salford City nil, Notts County 2. Notts County returned to the top of the league with victory at Salford. David McGoldrick gave the Magpies a first half lead before Dan Crowley doubled the advantage after the break. The visitors had the first chance of the match after McGoldrick headed across the six-yard box. Sam Austin made a good ground to get into the penalty area, but could not quite apply the finishing touch. County were not giving Salford an inch, and their dominance was rewarded when McGoldrick glanced Crowley's cross from the right into the far corner. McCauley Langstaff nearly doubled the lead just before the break, but headed Matt Palmer's whipped cross onto the crossbar. Palmer fired over for County at the start of the second half, and at the other end, Conor McAlenny came close before Sam Matt Smith sorry, headed wide. Just as an equaliser looked lively, Salford were dealt a sucker punch in the 63rd minute, when Crowley rifled a shot into the bottom corner of Alex Cairns' net. Both sides went down to ten men in stoppage time, when County's Aaron Nemain and Salford's Kevin Burko received second yellow cards. The result means the Amis are still winless at home, 
this campaign. On to the Saturday games now. Accrington Stanley 4, Sutton United 1. Tommy Lee scored a double with a 4-1 win for Accrington as Sutton fell to a 7th successive league loss to remain in the bottom two. Sutton were on the front foot in the first half but struggled to test Reds keeper Toby Savin. Stanley took the lead in the first minute of first half added time when Sean Wally was judged to have been brought down by Craig Clay in the area and Lee sent former Stanley keeper Dean Bazunis the wrong way, tucking in the bottom right-hand corner. The Reds made it two in the 57th minute when Josh Andrews's ball was deflected to Lee on the edge of the area and he curled the ball into the far corner of the net. It was three in the 63rd minute when Joe Pritchard's through ball found Rosaire Longelo racing free and he finished past Bazunis. Sutton replied immediately in the 64th minute when Josh Coley fed former glover Amari Patrick and he blasted the ball into the far corner of the net. Pritchard, after nine months out with injury, added a fourth in the fourth minute of added time, stroking the ball home from Wally's cross. AFC Wimbledon 2, Crew Alexander 2. Crew rallied from two goals down to snatch a dramatic point at AFC Wimbledon deep in stoppage time. Two goals in eight first half minutes from former Glovers put the Dons in charge at the break with Josh Neufeld breaking the deadlock with his first Dons goal and then James Tilly firing his seventh goal of the season low through a crowd. However, Joel Tabata tapped in unmarked at the far post six minutes after the interval to half the deficit and Elliot Nevitt pounced to snatch a point deep in the dying seconds of stoppage time and deny the hosts a first win in four league games. Speaking of also picking up one at the death, Bradford City won, Harrogate Town won. Jamie Walker's stoppage time equaliser rescued a point for Bradford in their Yorkshire derby with Harrogate. But Mark Hughes's side were booed at the final whistle for a drab encounter. Both teams have found goals hard to come by this season and this was evident in the first half of very few chances. Elliot Daly, not Elliot Daly, he plays for England Rugby. Matty Daly, a former Bradford lone player that popped up through a hesitant defence to convert Jeremy Sivvy's pass from close range for the 78th minute opener for Harrogate. But Walker's late header denied Harrogate the win, but the home fans still registered their disapproval. Colchester 1, Mansfield Town 1, Davis Keeler Dunn's 90th minute equaliser rescued the point for Mansfield and preserved their unbeaten run following a one all draw at Colchester. Keeler Dunn slammed home from close range after the home defence had failed to deal with Aidan Flint's flick on in the area. Lewis Reed had blasted over early on for the Stags while Colchester keeper Owen Goodman denied James Gale. But keeper Christy Pym twice foiled Joe Taylor in the space of as many minutes before Colchester took a 30th minute lead. Taylor finishing clinically past Pym after being sent through by Arthur Reed's superb through pass. Colchester hunted for a second after that with Zach Mitchell blasting wide at the far post and Samson Tavide dragging a low shot wide before half time. Dunn fired straight at Goodman for Mansfield after the break and then headed over from close range when unmarked. But Colchester almost doubled their lead with six minutes remaining when John Akinde's header was nodded off the line by Lewis before Keeler Dunn salvaged Mansfield a point. Crawley Town 3, Tramia Rovers 2. Substitute Kalidi Lolos hit a dramatic stoppage time winner as Crawley secured back-to-back home league wins for the first time in nearly 11 months with a hard-fought 3-2 victory over Tramia. The Reds fought back twice to level before Lollis powered into the area to fire the winner past helpless keeper Luke McGee. Nigel Adkins went into his first game in interim charge of Tranmere, admitting that there was no quick fix and that togetherness from everyone was the key to turning the club's fortunes around. Reese McClear had put an early chance over for Rovers before the recalled Charlie Jolly struck to put the visitors ahead on 21 minutes. A through ball by Sam Taylor put Jolly in the clear and he raced through to Cooley roundkeeper Corey Yadai and steered the ball past two defenders on the line for Rovers' first goal in five games. Crawley showed little attacking threat until late in the first half when Ronan Darcy forced keeper Luke McGee to claim his dangerous low cross with Danilo also lurking and later Darcy had a low shot blocked. Jolly threatened to double Tranmere's lead at seconds into the restart when his goalbound shot was parried by a die. Liam Kelly and Nick Tazarula both went close for Reds before Darcy levelled with his first goal for the club, a deflected shot just after the hour mark. 
Sam Taylor restored Rovers' lead on 67 minutes, blasting home a Brad Walker pass, but Tazarula made it 2-all three minutes later with a left-footed strike from Will Wright's corner. Crawley pushed hard for their late winner, and former Oxford City forward Lolos grabbed it in the sixth minute of added time. Forest Green Rovers 1, Doncaster Rovers 2, yes that's right, another dramatic stoppage time winner. Doncaster registered their first win of the season after a stoppage time winner in a 2-1 victory at Forest Green. Ben Close's cross-come shot beat Luke Daniel six minutes into time added on when the game appeared to be heading towards a stalemate. Jordan Moore-Taylor had got a goal in the 84th minute which had cancelled out Harrison Biggins' initial goal for Doncaster in the 35th. Gillingham 2, Morecambe 1. Gillingham returned to the top of League 2 with a 2-1 victory over Morecambe. George Lapsley fired the hosts in front from close range after nine minutes following a well-worked Connor Mahoney corner. The visitors equalised two minutes later as leading scorer Michael Mellon latched onto Joel Senior's through ball and brilliantly lobbed Jake Turner for his fourth goal in as many games. Morecambe keeper Stuart Moore tipped Mahoney's low shot wide before denying Lapsley his second of the game. But Moore could not do anything to prevent Mahoney from putting Gillingham back in front after 24 minutes with a spectacular curling effort that flew into the top corner. Shrimps midfielder Eli King fired off target from the edge of the box before Mellon hit the bar, approaching half-time with an acrobatic volley on the angle. A last-ditch tackle by James Connolly prevented substitute Jaden Clark from slotting home a third Phil Neil Harris's side during a scrappy second half. Mellon was sent off 14 minutes from time for a second bookable offence, which all but ended Morecambe's hopes as Gilliam sealed their sixth win in eight league games. MK Dons won, Stockport County 2. Nick Powell's winner earned Stockport a 2-1 victory over McDonald's at Stadium MK. Former Dons player Louis Barry scored for the fifth league game in a row to put the visitors ahead. Mo Iser equalised for the hosts, but Powell scored the winner in first half added time. Newport County 1, Barrow 1. Dean Campbell's penalty earned a uh, point for Barrow at 10-man Newport County. Newport had a penalty of their own when George Ray brought down Will Evans, but Omar Bogle hit the post. The Exiles did take the lead when Sean McLaughlin sent a rocket into the top corner from Lewis Payne's slide pass. But moments after that had Ryan Delaney sent off for a second yellow. Barrow equalised when Adam Lewis fouled Robbie Gotts in the area and Campbell made no mistake. Newport remained a point behind Barrow in 12th, with Barrow in 10th. Swindon Town 2, Walsall 0. Swindon kept up their unbeaten start to the season intact after a 2-0 win home win against 10-man Walsall, thanks to an early Charlie Austin goal and a late one from Shane Hepburn Murphy. That was overall a very convincing performance for Swindon, which was compounded by a second bookable offence of dismissal of none other than former Glover, Tom Knowles, for Walsall. And finally, Wrexham 3, Grimsby Town 0. Wrexham comfortably saw off Grimsby Town at the stock racecourse to rise three places to fourth in the league table. Ollie Palmer met Elliot Lee's superb cross to beat visiting keeper Jake Eastwood to opening the scoring. Grimsby keeper Eastwood then saw Will Boyle add the second, while at the other end, Arthur Ganoa was among those denied in the first half for Grimsby. Sam Dolby then set up Lee to seal victory in the 79th minute. The visitors dropped from 8th to 14th after the first meeting between the clubs since Grimsby won emphatically 5-4 in a National League playoff semi-final at Wrexham in 2022, before winning promotion from the National League. So, that brings us to the end of League 2. Let's take a look at the table. As we've already mentioned, we have a new leader. With 18 points from a possible 24, and therefore 8 games played, sit Gillingham. Second place on also on 8 games, with 17 points are Notts County. A game in hand and 3 points behind Gillingham in 3rd place sit Swindon Town. Also on 15 points, but have played 8 games, are Wrexham. Two teams on 14 points in 5th and 6th in Mansfield and Crawley, and Crew rounding out the remainder of the playoffs. At the wrong end of the table, the two teams in the bottom two, both on three points apiece. They are Tramier Rovers and Sutton United. Doncaster Rovers have riven abo risen above both of them following their dramatic winner against Forest Green, who also sit only one place above them. 
So that brings us to the end of tonight's EFL review. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. I apologise uh, maybe for my voice. I have got a little bit of a cold following the end of living in the Lake District for a week. Who'd have guessed? But we will be back next week with plenty of exciting matches that are taking place midweek and, of course, previewing all the important stuff that's taking place over the following weekend across the EFL. Until then, I hope you have a lovely week. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. <laughs>